Hi, my name's Dan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Rich. And we are collectively known as Flat 29. Now, normally on our podcast, we would add a new chapter to our big book of everything by tackling a new and exciting topic. But today, as a kind of special New Year edition, we are looking at the results of our long-running Challenge Charlie race around the world. Podcast. Now, Challenge Charlie is the regular section where we set a challenge for Charlie based on the theme of that particular podcast chapter. We set one up all the way back in Chapter 3, Transport, where myself and Charlie would have a race around the world. The deadline for this race was set on December the 31st, midnight 2009, and whoever had got the furthest from their house by this point was the winner. So, Charlie, talk me through it. How have you been? How have you been doing with the challenge? Um, not very well. Oh. Not very well at all. So have you have you been any further than London? I'm assuming not. I have not. No, no. I, I oh, uh, I, I tried, but um, what happened to that trip to Glasgow? Oh, that done it. Um, that yeah, it was hit by one of those train strikes, so uh, we called it off and we went to London. Oh, was it? How convenient. <laughs> so Charlie, I can reveal that at the finish line uh, in the end of 2009, you have travelled 44.13 miles from your house. Ooh. Shocker. Ooh. <laughs> It's further than I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job you weren't involved in this challenge then, Rich, yeah. to be honest. So for my part in the challenge, I decided to step up and take it head on. And I can report that by the end of the year, December 31st, midnight, I had travelled 100 miles and into international waters. What? Where the hell did you get? Well, <laughs> I went on an expedition to swim to France. <laughs> Really? I did. You're lying, aren't you, again? <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely not. Uh, all will be explained in the following report. Challenge Charlie Let's take away his dignity and pride Challenge Charlie We'll make him do whatever we decide Challenge Charlie Give him a pointless task He can't say no It all began in November 2009, in Flat 29's Big Book of Everything, Chapter 3, Transport. In this historic chapter, I, Dan, issued Charlie with the following life-changing challenge. I personally challenge you to a race around the world. You're on, let's go. (laughs) And just like that, our lives were changed forever. The deadline was set at the end of the year, and indeed the decade, Midnight on December the 31st, 2009. Whoever had travelled the furthest distance from their house by this date would be crowned the King of Challenges 2009. Over the following six weeks, myself and Charlie travelled to the furthest corners of the globe, places like London, Birmingham and even Northampton. We travelled literally tens of miles, but as New Year's Eve approached, I knew I had to step up my game. I couldn't beat Charlie on mere work and family-related trips alone. 
This challenge required something special, something heroic, something which would seriously endanger my health. I knew to beat Charlie, I had to leave the country. So I looked to our nearest neighbour, France. Land of pastries, onions, stereotypes, and most importantly, victory. But what was the best way to get to France? After careful consideration, I was left with one overriding answer, to swim the English Channel. So on December 31st, at about 11am, I set off with my good friends Johnny and Dan, another Dan, on our way to Bournemouth, where we would attempt the crossing and return victorious, or not return at all. Right, so we're in the car on our way due south down towards Bournemouth where I think we're going to attempt to swim the English Channel. We're going to get to France and beat Charlie at his stupid game. So I'm here in the car with Johnny. Hiya. And Dan. Hello. These are my travelling companions for the day and we're going to update you as to our progress. Let's see how it goes. What with it being New Year's Eve and us being popular, attractive men, we all had parties to go to in the evening. This gave us just six hours to get down to Bournemouth, see the sights, swim the channel and get back. We did have time, however, for a quick stop-off in the appropriately named real-life Berkshire village of World's End. What better place to visit on a race around the world? So we've driven for about 45 minutes and our first stop, first port of call on the journey is a small village in Berkshire called World's End and that is a good place to start any journey I feel, at the end of the world. So we're in World's End now, I'm just looking around, there's a small pub called the Langley Inn Hall, there's a, a deer carcass on the side of the road and that's about it. So if this is what the end of the world looks like, <laughs> it's kind of like a sort of very quaint apocalypse. A distinct lack of swirling vortices is one that are noticeable features of World's End. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was expecting more hellfire and brimstone, but here we are. So we're going to go to the sign saying welcome to World's End and take a picture of us next to that. You can see that on our website. There's someone there blowing some leaves or something. Just all the exciting thing that people get up to on World's End. Those sheep look weird. They've got brown coats and black heads. They're scorched from the fire of World's End. <laughs> So like the idiot tourists we so clearly were, we took a picture of ourselves in front of the World's End signpost, then got back in our car, stepped back from the end of the world and carried on to Bournemouth. A short hour or so, and good hundred miles later, we were there. Hooray, we have arrived in um, Bournemouth. Sunny, sunny Bournemouth. <laughs> sunny, sunny Bournemouth on this New Year's Eve. It's absolutely freezing. We're all wrapped up in our scarves, hats, everything, the lot. And we can see the amazing tropical sea. So next to this uh, main road traffic you can probably hear now is a kind of uh, wonderland of uh, fairground rides decorated with the likes of The Matrix and Angelina Jolie. Brilliant. Some Dodger there maybe we'll have a go on those later what we're essentially going to try and do is condense your typical British holiday down to about three hours is how long we've got here so we're going to get some chicks we're going to try and find some mini golf and cop it all off with me trying to swim to France <laughs> that sea looks so brown <laughs> I've never seen a browner sea <laughs> 
So as we stared into those murky, icy depths, we speculated on how my challenge would go and how my pathetic body would withstand the cold. See, there are there are a few people in the sea. There's about three people in the sea, but crucially, yeah, <laughs> crucially, they have wetsuits on, and they look However, fine. this is because they are wusses, and Dan is going to prove he's a real man by swimming to France in nothing but speedos. Exactly. Hang on, look, no, look, there's a guy. He's got a bloody. He is wearing just swimming shorts, and he's got a bodyboard. He's a real man. <laughs> I think if you spend more than thirty seconds in the water, you're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm like in the water, I mean like up to your shoulders at least, oh, no just God. no tiptoeing around. So, so do you think I have to get my torso submerged? The torso is where all my vital organs are <laughs> and those are the things I'm worried about in this kind of uh, cold sea. So before I decided to brave the channel, we thought we'd go ahead with our plan to have a condensed three-hour traditional British seaside holiday, starting with a trip to get some chips from posh, overpriced fish bar Harry Ramsden's. Okay, so the first port of call now we've got here to Bournemouth is we've come into Harry Ramsden's world-famous fish and chip shop and we're going to order some fish and chips and eat them on the beach if we can manage to get our hands out of our gloves for the seconds it takes to get the chip from the bag to our mouth. Hey, um, yeah, can I get a, a large chip with a coffee as well, please? Thanks. I think that was the most I've ever paid for fish and chips in my entire life, so I'm hoping it's going to be as good as he so arrogantly proclaims that it will be. <laughs> I think I got, so I got large chips and curry sauce and a coffee. I don't know where, all, where it all came from, Johnny, but it all added up to just under a tenner. <laughs> Ten minutes later, and we'd eaten them all up. These Harry Randerson chips are good, but we're not so sure whether they're actually world-class. I think they're probably on the high end of the chip scale, but let's not go crazy. But I think probably for me, the key element of it is the box, which you can maybe use afterwards to give... Um, Bury a hamster in. Bury a hamster. The box for these chips would make an ideal hamster coffin and would smell just great. So we carried on with our condensed seaside holiday with some crazy golf. So we're just coming up on another central tenant of the British holiday, which is crazy golf. So we've just seen a crazy golf pitch. There's some people there, oh, young and old alike, playing some crazy, crazy golf. So we're going to have a go on that. As Johnny points out, there are no cues at this time of year, so uh, <laughs> should be all right. And so after 20 minutes of not quite so crazy golf, mainly involving straight lines without any corners or features... So we've just finished there our crazy golf game. We think it was fairly light on the crazy uh, and was quite legitimately heavy on the golf. <laughs> it's quite legitimately called mini golf. We think possibly as a result of some kind of court order. <laughs> court order, exactly. Nevertheless, we had a fun golfing time and decided to make our next stop the amusement arcade. Happy Land. We've now entered Happy Land. It's a kind of, um, what is it, like a converted garage into some, uh, there's a few little amusement arcade things, drops around. Johnny, what have you got here? You're playing on the big wheel, big aren't you? Big wheel, yeah, 2P machine. 2P machine. It's about 50 years old. <laughs> They're all in varying states of kind of dilapidation. <laughs> it looks like they shoot up there, though. That looks oh, okay, cool. go for it. Yeah, wow, okay, um, press the skill button. There you go. Oh, Two peas have gone in. Where did it They're go? It just down. Oh, and it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> this machine is really clinging on to its two peas. I think um, one of the things about Happy Land is 
because it has the least happy looking staff I've ever seen. That guy over there just walks out of the office looking like he's having the worst life ever. How's Happy Land making you feel, Johnny? Unhappy, to be honest. <laughs> Unhappy. Let's see what's down the other end. I think I can see some sort of old school Sega Rally games. Let's have a look. Oh god, there's a claw machine here, which is just filled with sort of penny chews. It's 20p a play, and the most you could win is like uh, a blackjack <laughs> or a refreshers bar, and they look dusty. They look dusty, <laughs> and it's all overseen by a big grubby teddy bear in glasses, who <laughs> just watches the proceedings. Look, the little claws have been sellotaped together as well. <laughs> What a scene. This will be the only way to get food after the apocalypse. People will have to be putting in money and using the little remote controls to pick up penny chews to survive. What a terrifying vision of the future. We had an amazing time in Happy Land, and fun was had by all. But it was fast approaching the time where I needed to get my ass in that channel and swim across to France. Before I did so, however, I wanted to speak to some of the other people in Bournemouth today and find out what brought them down to the seafront on this incredibly chilly New Year's Eve. Hi there, uh, sorry, what are your names? Lucy. And I'm John. Hi there. Um, I just wanted to work, so we've come down to Bournemouth on New Year's Eve, it's absolutely freezing. What, what's, what brings you down to the beach on New Year's Eve? Well, we, we live here actually, so we just start getting some fresh air. Oh, excellent, that sounds good. Yeah. Have you got, as you live here then, have you got any recommendations? What sort of things, because we've just come down from Oxford actually today, what sort of recommendations do you have of things to do here in the cold? Um... <laughs> Keep walking. <laughs> Keep moving. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah, to just be out on the seafront really. Yeah. And just keep as warm as possible. <laughs> And on the pier. Well, if you're crazy, getting in the water with a wetsuit on, yeah. well, like, a, like a lot are doing. It's quite <laughs> common the year round. Yeah. Is it really? People swimming every day down here as well. Really? Look what the weather. Yeah. Wow. Because there's someone is, in there swimming. This is it. I was looking around and seeing all these people in, in wetsuits, and I even saw one guy just in shorts, mm. swimming oh, yes. shorts, just yeah. running straight in there. So that's quite common, is it? I see them every morning. There are two guys further along. I, I, I run along here, and uh, two guys in the morning going every morning. Really? Yeah. No matter what the weather, they're in there. Yeah. Wow. Dedication. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Crazy people. <laughs> Hearing about these crazy crazy heroes who go swimming in the sea no matter what the weather made me realise that it was now my turn to get in the sea and swim across the channel. I hid underneath the pier and changed out of my coat, hat, scarf and gloves and into a pair of swimming shorts. I was then ready to run down the beach and into that sea. Okay, right, so I'm just about to go in the sea. New Year's Eve, uh, 31st of December, we're in Bournemouth, I'm going to go into the sea. Fuck you Charlie, I win. Alright, here we go. So I hurtled down the beach, with my friend Dan following with the camera, commentating on the proceedings. This is one of the stupidest ideas we've had in a long time, but yet, Mr Daniel Pate is so keen to beat Charlie McSesson, he's going all the way into the sea. Like and sure enough, it was freezing. Oh shit, the bed! <laughs> On entering the water, my feet turned to ice and the froth and spray from the surf covered my body like a soft winter snow. But I knew I had to keep going. I continued wading through that murky water and jumping over the waves with my legs and hips gradually becoming submerged. I'm gonna have to bail out, I'm getting far too wet said Dan, who had followed me as far as he could go. But I kept going, kept pushing my way through the cold and the gloom of the English Channel, kept pressing onwards to France and to victory. <laughs> it's a very sad sight as Dan disappears off into the, uh, into the sea. 
it's like he might never come back again, the small figure against these massive... Oh, and he's gone under! He has, done... he has actually been stupid enough to get his whole body submerged in the water, and now he comes charging back. But being fully submerged in the sea was more than my body could handle, and I ran back out of the sea towards dry land. He's going to end up going arse over tit if he's not careful. So gone. I've got to go get a towel. <laughs> and I ran back up the beach, my mind set on that comfy warm towel. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel my There was more feet. weird dancing going on than swimming. <laughs> well, well, I went in up to about my waist and I thought. <laughs> I can't really come out without actually being up to my shoulders submerged. So rather than actually going all the way in up to my shoulders, I just kind of sat down <laughs> and then danced about a bit. <laughs> and now, yeah, everything went numb from my waist down, basically immediately. <laughs> but still now, I can't really feel anything there at all. My top half is just absolutely freezing. <laughs> Did it look good? It looked very sad. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I couldn't really follow you in far enough, so you just got smaller and smaller in the distance, and so you could barely be seen. It's a good job I came out. Well, exactly. I'd to play at my funeral if I hadn't made it. <laughs> right, let's get warm. Let's get warm. Wow, good stuff. Challenge Charlie! And so, I hadn't quite made it to France. I'd been in the sea for just under a minute and got around 20 to 30 metres from the shoreline. But by my reckoning, this was international waters and I had officially left the country. Now, while this may not be legally or geographically accurate, it certainly felt right. And I just knew that I had beaten Charlie at his challenge. Okay, so... We're inside, we've got our hot truffle, it's all recovered. Let's have a kind of post-sea uh, breakdown. How do we think that went? <laughs> Couldn't have gone better, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have gone better. If Charlie has come down to Bournemouth and run into the sea further than me, then I'll concede defeat. But otherwise, <laughs> I think I've done it. <laughs> So that was it. That was uh, our special report on Challenge Charlie. Now we will have a proper podcast, Chapter 7, up next week, which will be on the movies. But for now, we hope you've had a great Christmas. And what we'd like you to do for your Christmas present to us, if you'd like to give us a Christmas present, what we'd like you to do is to maybe just tell one or two friends about the podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend and, uh, you know, let's get the Fat 29 crew bigger yeah. than ever. Send them an email, <laughs> send them a text, send them a fax if you still use yeah. fax. I thought you were going to do a rhyme there, Rich. Send them an email, send them a text. Blah, 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 bribe them for sex. <laughs> That's near enough. Yeah, that's okay. Near enough. We'd also like to say, before we go, a big 
congratulations to Rich Green for passing the biggest challenge of all and getting engaged to his girlfriend Hannah. Congratulations! Oh, thank you very much. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to make a speech, but uh, thank you. Uh, oh, where's my please. Where's my card and present, though? This is your audio <laughs> present now. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, that's it. We will see you next week when our topic will be the movies. Bye. 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 So, so I think we're kind of doing a sort of uh, maritime triathlon, <laughs> which has involved the big three of the seaside Olympic sports. Crazy golf, air hockey and swimming will be the finale. <laughs>